Hey everyone, this is Paul Siegel, and you're listening to Wandering DMs. Wandering DMs comes to you live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern, and you can catch us on twitch.tv slash wanderingdms, or youtube.com slash wanderingdms slash live. And now, on with the show. Hi everyone, welcome to Wandering DMs. I'm Paul. And I'm Dan, and today we'll be reviewing the movie Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, now on premier streaming services, and we'll be deciding whether it's worth a watch for old school D&D players. All that and more today on Wandering DMs. But before we get into that, I will uh, take a moment to remind everyone that, as always, at the end of the show will be our after-party chat. Uh, that is a uh, live video chat with ourselves and all of our patrons. And you can join that by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash wanderingdms. So this is a, and we'll be looking forward to that very much. Uh, so this is um, a topic that a number of our viewers have excitedly asked for in the last couple of weeks. And I'm really, I'm really glad that they, they, they point this out to us. And I will uh, point out that I just saw the movie on Monday, on Memorial Day, actually. And I have a tendency to watch movies the very last day that they're in theaters. Uh, and I consider this partly to be a service to our viewers, that there's no possibility that I could possibly spoil a movie uh, before they have a chance to see it in theaters. And only secondarily, that I'm a misanthrope and would prefer to see movies without anybody else around me. <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I saw the movie when it first came out, Dan, and so had to uh, refresh my memory because it's been a while since, uh, since I watched it. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so you've seen it twice but, uh, at this point? I've now seen it. I've now seen it twice. Uh, for, for folks looking for it, uh, as, as Dan has indicated, it's probably too late for you to go catch it in the theaters. But um, yeah, you can get it um, on uh, it's streaming on Paramount Plus if you have that service, uh, or it's available. I think purchase on Amazon Prime. So it's a couple of ways to go. I get out there and find it. I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll percolate further in the in the in the not too distant future. Definitely, definitely. And I should I, I just kind of if if someone is completely not uh, been hiding under a rock in D and D land lately. Um, I'll just point out that D&D uh, &D Honor Among Thieves, like it's described on Wikipedia as a fantasy heist movie, which I think is a pretty good description of it. And mm. it does currently have, like on Rotten Tomatoes, if I, if I scan the rating site, like on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 90% approval rating um, on, on Metacritic, um, which, has, which scales uh, the statistics a little differently. It has 72% approval, um, which is really good, really good for Metacritic. And on mm -hmm. Cinema Score, the the average audience grade is A minus. All right, that's uh, it's not bad. It's not bad, especially yeah, given right? the uh, track record of Dungeons and Dragons IP licensed movies. Uh, for those not aware, there were of course three before this. Uh, <laughs> one one in the theaters, and I think the other two were what maybe released direct to DVD. I think. I think so. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Not the best. And as a little, as a little <laughs> anecdote that I've maybe said once before, so along about whatever January, February, uh, the ads started coming out. And actually, my partner, Isabel, noticed the ads in the subways here in New York first. And she came to me and said, so do you, are you going to want to go see the Dungeons and Dragons movie that's coming up? 
And my response was, I'm just going to follow the ratings. If the ratings are good, I'm going to go see it. And in my mind, that was, I am absolutely not going to go see it. <laughs> this is completely empty promise that will take up no time on my part whatsoever because there's no goddamn chance that there's a good D&D <laughs> movie being made. And then a couple weeks later, the ratings start coming out. I'm like, oh, crap. I've, oh, crap. I've committed to seeing this. And I completely didn't think I was doing that. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's great. Uh, now, Dan, you and, you and I discussed at the top of the show here before we started streaming that we're going to attempt to keep ourselves spoiler-free for uh, the first you know, 10 minutes or so of our discussion. Uh, so if anybody's worried about that, uh, we will uh, try to keep ourselves spoiler-free for a little while, at least just give you some broad strokes, and then we'll warn you once we get into spoilers. Yes, exactly. So to begin with, Paul, what was your, what was your yeah. overall take on it? Um, I really enjoyed it, frankly. I thought it was way better than any of the, the like I said, any of the terrible, terrible movies that had come out previously. Um, I thought it was, it was a fun movie. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I really liked it. You know, I really liked it. I, my, my, my expectations were low, but, uh, you know, it's funny, the, like, the cinema score uh, average of A- minus is exactly what I had in my mind when I walked out. I, got, I thought A- minus for a grade. Uh, I liked it so much. Actually, uh, there was so much that it did right as, as a piece of movie making. And it had like, it had a lot of heart. It had a lot of actual wit. It was, it was, had a lot of emotional honesty, honestly. It had, it had a lot of presence as, as far as the character acting went. Um, great acting performances all through it. Not perfect. I do have at least a couple of criticisms of it that would have been a little bit better for me. But it kind of ran the board on like lots and lots and lots of good moves they were making. And it was just, it was really compelling, good, sincere movie making. And I'm not accustomed to seeing that in a, in a D&D property. So I was like, what? <laughs> now, Dan, I don't know. I don't know if this surprised you or not. The, like the, the one, the, the one really thing that, that surprised me about this movie that I was not expecting is this long. That is a long movie. It's like uh, two hours and 15 minutes long. Which is surprising, I thought, for, for an action fantasy movie. That's an interesting observation. I didn't think, yeah. I now that I, you know, I, I guess I was aware of that before I went in and I completely didn't think about it because, boy, the time goes fast. Yeah, I didn't, I, I was not aware of that before I went in. And I was quite shocked when I came out of that movie theater to see how late it had become. So, uh, yeah. like, do, they, do they make me sit through that many commercials? But uh, turns out it was actually a long movie. <laughs> Which good for them. Good for them. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I will sure say, actually, what the, the, the trailers up front had me up. a little crazy, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't like many of the, tra the advanced trailers. I'm like, oh, God, it's going to be one of these kinds of movies. And it was like something very different. Yeah. yeah. The time goes fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else can we say about it without, without spoiling any of the content? Um, I will say, like, so, so just broad strokes, right? It's, it's set, um, in, in D and D world. There's clearly some, some kind of, uh, forgotten realms isms in it, right? It's, it's very some... specifically, right? It's very specifically in the forgotten realms. They talk about Faerun specifically. Most of the, uh, places in forgotten realms that are ever named in classic adventures get a shout out, right? So, and so water deep and, uh, I'm sure our viewers can, mentioned two or three other places like basically every place that was ever in an adventure title it's someone comments on at some point or has to go there 
Um, no, I think that's probably a reasonable choice because it, it you know, I think a D&D themed, a movie that's using the D&D license needs to ground itself in some content, right? And that's one of the things that I've always struggled with, with the idea of D&D as a license is that D&D is already referencing a bunch of other licenses, right? Like if you go back to like classic D&D, you know, right. uh, what's the quip? Uh, I can't remember who said this, but something like it's like... Uh, I play Gandalf and you play Conan and we go kill Dracula. Right. right. <laughs> so like, you know, it's already this amalgam of all these other fantasy IPs. So um, I think it's wise to ground it in, in a known, uh, uh, you know, in a known world uh, that's been established for D&D. It's funny because I could almost imagine, right? I totally agree with that, right? They have to, they have to have, you know, that's, that's what normally counts as a media property. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not going to come in and make a, a TV show based on a math formula or something like that, which is kind of what D&D is as a game. Um, right. <laughs> so I could, right, I could have imagined, you know, a, a, like like one trilogy of movies that was specifically set in the Forgotten Realms and then have the possibility of another trilogy that's set in some other D&D world. But then, of course, the title would have to be Dungeons and Dragons colon Forgotten Realms colon Honor Among Thieves. And now it just become too unwieldy. So just just saying D and D happens in the Forgotten Realms is a, is a reasonable choice to, to to bring people into the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I think that's something you know something you know the the potential thing that that would get you I think of making a a, a movie about D and D and then setting it in one of these uh, in a settings like like Forgotten Realms is that it can start to just feel like a generic fantasy movie, and you start to wonder, well, what is yes. D and D about this, right? Um, but I think they did a pretty good job here. Now, it's not quite as far as I would like to see it go, honestly. I'd, I always kind of wanted a D&D &D movie that was almost Jumanji-esque, where, where you're going to see actual scenes of the players sitting around the table. Maybe they get sucked into the world, or maybe they, you know, we just cleverly cut between them and what's going on in the world, or something like that. I, I think that would be enjoyable, but... I agree. I, I could see that working. I mean, that would be um, uh, an echo of uh, Princess Bride uh, structure, mm -hmm. right? I right. think I could yep. see that working very, very well. I read on Twitter the other day that apparently somebody watching this movie on a streaming service accidentally turned on the uh, uh, verbal captions for the visually impaired. And they thought that that was what the movie was like and that it was a creative choice that there was a DM narrating everything <laughs> that was on screen all the time. And they liked it. And they said they thought that was an interesting creative choice and were surprised That's later funny. on to find out that wasn't actually what the movie was they designed just to turned be. turned on the captions. Oops. Right? <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. So... I, th I think that would be not a nice way to present it, but uh, that's not the way they went here, right? It was definitely set in the world with, with the assumption. But I will say, one of the things I enjoyed about it is every now and then, not every now and then, actually fairly frequently in this movie, you get cases where somebody delivers a kind of melodramatic, fantasy-esque line, and it's pretty much immediately undercut with some glib, humorous line from the next character, right? Like, consistently. And it works so well. It yeah. works so well. Yeah. And usually, right, it's Chris Pine in your lead as the the, the bard Edgen, I believe. Um, and his comet timing is 100%. It's laser on. And I was, I'm so used to that stuff being dumb and eye-rolly. And he really was so present. And it really felt like just really successful improvisation to me. 
of he was so present and the timing is so good. I just believe it all the time. And there are some moments where I just I it it, it was that was that was that was a regular thing that was happening. And every single time it managed to surprise me. It was done yeah. so well that I thought like here is going to be like the actual you know the couple scenes of like here's where we're gonna be we're clearly hitting the heavy heart note and i was really impressed by the frankly the courage to come in and undercut it and have it really funny every time he did it right but but i think that that strikes me as very genuinely D&D because i feel like that's what happens around the table right anytime somebody tries to really take the game seriously there's going to be some other player at the table who's just gonna like hop in there and and be glib and funny yeah, I agree. And you know what? So I was like Thursday night, right? I'm playing through. I'm th- I'm playing through Pool of Radiance uh, in the in the graveyard area, and I get to a place where I'm told that there here's a, here's a paladin who's who a heroic paladin who's at rest, and now me, Dan, am like, oh, geez, am I should I steal all of his stuff out of his grave? Now I feel bad about that. And our delightful viewers all start encouraging me to steal the stuff and coming up with reasons why it makes sense. Like, oh, you've only robbed like like 50 graves at this point, but now you feel bad about this one, right? <laughs> and that's that's very exactly how D&D players convinced each other to make, take terrible choices, right? And yeah. to get, get in increasing amounts of trouble. And that's that very, and I shouted out the movie at that point because it very it, it very much resembled what was happening in scenes in the movie. And that's that actually really is what happens in D and D games. The the other the other you know sort of um, gameism that I see happening a lot in this movie is this notion of kind of ad hoc planning, right? And and even to the point of like the the main character yeah. again, Chris Pine, as uh, uh, what is his name, Edgen. Um, yep. You know, basically saying that that's that's his job in the in the party. Right. Like my job is to make up plans, and then when that plan fails, make up a new plan. Right? Like that's you know, yeah. and that's very much D and D to me as well. Is always the you know watching the players come up with these inane ways to solve whatever problem it is they're facing. Um, and and this movie does that a lot. And I and I think it's very clever of them to have a main character who's played as pretty much a useless. Right? He's a he's a I mean, this is probably a jab at the bard class, right? But he's more—he more or less has no real useful skills, right? Other than, <laughs> you know, being uh, a planner and a fast talker. Yeah, and that's great. That's great, right? Yeah, I mm-hmm. agree. You know, in in some ways, I will. I, and it's funny because I I like. I'm going to compare this to another movie, and I like this movie a lot more, frankly. But I, I think they did do a, a smart job of of possibly taking some. I don't know, marketing. Uh, wisdom from the Marvel movies, because I think it could compare to this to something like Guardians of the Galaxies quite a bit, actually, mm-hmm. of like kind of a thrown together band of people getting in increasing amounts of trouble all the time. Um, and and they do it well. I Frankly, yeah. I you know, I like this movie better than Guardians of the Galaxy, but I think yeah. that's it's if, if someone had no idea what this was, it's kind of similar tone. Well, it's also clever of them to, to decide, like, well, let's, we're going to make it a heist movie, right? We're going to make it a movie specifically about a group of thieves, right? And yeah. and then and then yes, we can certainly have elements of kind of reluctant heroes coming out and and doing things to save the world or whatever the, a subset of the world. Um, but they do so reluctantly as a like, okay, well, I guess fine, we'll help these people who need help, right? As opposed to you know. Uh, that is a setup, right? Like I think too often, you know, uh, movies like this, they try to err on the side of more something like Lord of the Rings, where you're like, oh my gosh, this epic threat to yeah. all life has occurred and we must 
save, right? And it just gets very melodramatic. And this this movie doesn't do that at all, right? Like they're, you know, each, each character's in it for a different reason, but ostensibly it's a self-serving reason for the most part. I think there's at least one reviewer, I think I saw them quoted in Wikipedia, uh, who, who, who said the same thing that you just said there, is it, is it, it, it stands out well in contrast to properties like Lord of the Rings or the Rings of Power on Amazon or uh, Game of Thrones, which are, you know, dark, uh, violent, um, uh, save the world type properties. And it actually, it, it actually contrasts quite well with something that is a little bit more uh, light, a little, a little, you know, dare I say, family friendly or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, 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 um, it distinguishes itself pretty well in exactly that way. And I think that's a smart choice. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Uh, I, I guess there's, uh, I, I'm going to list one other thing because right? now, now, now they're coming to me. Here's another thing that I saw in the movie that I felt like out of the game to me is that they relied pretty heavily on use of magic items, right? There was a fair yeah. number of magic items in this, in this movie, yeah. right? And they don't really, I mean, in some cases it becomes a major plot point, but in a, in a lot of cases it's just, oh yeah, we also have this thing. Right, right. And I feel like that's, that feels like something I see around the table. Like, oh, wait, my inventory says I have this thing. <laughs> Let's use that. Right. Uh, uh, I and agree. That feels very I agree. Right. Yeah. There, there's a moment of like, 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 where'd you get that? And they're like, well, I've just been carrying it since whenever, whenever. Like, like, you know, it's just, a, it's just a this thing. It's just this mundane yeah, yeah. thing. Like, no, no, no. That's a, that's a this. How did you yeah, not? <laughs> yeah. 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 We can use it, yeah, yeah. So, which is nice. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get. Uh, yeah, being a little vague right now, I'm sure we'll we'll pick on this more when right. we get past exactly the, the, the exactly. spoiler window. But uh, exactly, yeah. So I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. And uh, I'll say for for other non spoiler stuff uh, that, that I liked, I'll say you know I like the fact that it's called Honor Among Thieves, right? I mean that's a shout out to a, a piece of art in the first edition uh, Dungeons and Dragons DM's Guide, right? I, I appreciate that, frankly, very much. As an old school gamer, I could I could you know recognize that that I was you know that, that the game that I loved was being honored in that way. Um, the acting performances are great. I, so I so 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 Chris Pike is Edgen, great, right? Hugh Grant is just fantastic. Uh, I, I was Sophia, not expecting Hugh. Grant. Right. Movie, yes. Right. I think we're all in that situation. <laughs> no, he's, it's, it's fantastic, right? Um, Sophia yeah. Lillis as as the druid is a young actress. Is is there's never a bad note. There's just never a bad note in her performance. It's not winky. It's not sarcastic. It's completely completely perfect. And uh, Regé Jean Page um, uh, shows up, uh, and and he's also just just perfect and i would say like chris pine and hugh grant either one of them could have carried the movie like like frankly yeah. if, if if you wipe out everybody else and just they alone are in the movie they're they're a delight every single second they're on screen and either one of them could have carried the whole movie and made me perfectly happy to have to have seen it just for their performance and you've got no, one would, two three I... four at least performances like that I would call out Michelle Rodriguez too as the as the, the classic dumb barbarian and not but not super campy, right? It wasn't like constantly like haha, the barbarian's an idiot, right? But just every now and then little yeah. lines or little bits that was like reminds you, yeah, okay, not not the sharpest tool in the shed. 
but definitely kicked a lot of ass, right? Like a lot of great action sequences featuring her. So well done. Yeah. And, and had some depth, right? And had some yeah. surprise. Like there were things that were happening with that character. Like, oh, I know where this is going. Like, oh, that went in a direction I did not. Oh, my goodness. Um, so that, that character had some really nice depth and some really, really delightful scenes um, when that character was offended, I'll say. <laughs> um, yeah, really, really just super stuff. And I'll also say I like the cinematography a lot. There is a lot of care. It looks great 95% of the time. It's late. The shots are layered. So quite frequently, there's something happening in the foreground. And there's also something happening in the background, if you take the time to notice it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I saw someone on Twitter like a couple of weeks ago say that they'd gone in and, re, you know, rewatched it two or three times in the theater. And I almost never, ever do that. And if I if I hadn't seen it myself on the last day it was playing in theaters, I, I would go see it a second time. It absolutely bears a second watch because of all the depth that's happening in the shots. I mean, I was not unhappy to have a, a reason to want to watch it a second time. I was like, oh, right. Yeah. We're going to be talking about it. It's been a while. I'm going to I'm going to sit down and watch it. So I did. Um, Dan, before we get into the spoiler section, is there any critiques you can make um, uh, that are that are not full of spoilers? I'm going to leave it for the spoiler section. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> okay. That's fair. Um, right. So, shall we? Shall we? Get, shall we get into the spoiler section? Are you ready for that? I think we should do that. I'm eager to do that. All right. All right. Here we go, everyone. Spoiler warning. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen the movie at this point, you know, maybe maybe don't watch this part. <laughs> Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Come back later! Um, uh, okay, so critiques, uh, I guess, do you want to, do you want to put, or do you want to, you want to get into, you want to log on? So, we, we were talking about critiques. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, I think okay. I want to say good things. First, honestly, uh, yeah. because that was, you know, 90% my reaction. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the the performances, like I say, were just fantastic. Uh, so Rajajan Page's uh, Paladin, right? Um, really? It, it's, it's really lovely. They, 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 they cast like a really hot actor in this yep. Paladin role. And you assume that he's going to be like a like a love interest, or in the the women are going to be you know swooning over him, and then it takes a couple of beats, and he's he's kind of got Asperger's a little bit. He he he, he doesn't get sarcasm right. He doesn't get innuendo yeah. at all, uh, and and he plays it completely straight. And I really adored that. And it's a wonderful foil to uh, Pine's character, right? It couldn't be a better foil to Pine's yeah. character. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a some good, beautiful paladin character. It's 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 a very it's a nice combo of some really good writing and some really good acting there. Um, yeah. And I, and I kind of like if we dig into him a little bit, I think like partly I think we're poking fun here at classic paladin tropes, right? Of just being a little rigidly upright, but yeah. also. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you got this read off it, Dan, but my take on him was that he was a pet NPC. Is that is that what you were getting? Like um, this is this I... is this is the NPC the DM introduces to get the party back on the rails because they've gone too far. They've gone way off into left field, and the DM's like, "I got to introduce some NPC who's just going to start throwing answers at them because they're screwed." <laughs> <laughs> I, and this, I think many... there's a lot of interpretations, right? Yeah. 100% legitimate interpretation. I, I think that it's, it's honestly, it's developed well enough 
that it, it makes sense in the context of the movie. And I could see that as an NPC. I could see that as like the guide NPC. I could see that as a player that only showed up for one episode for one night. Oh, right? for oh, just one session. Yeah. Okay, I didn't right? get that. Mostly, I was thinking like if you think about the the overall plot here, right? Of that they're trying to you know rescue the the daughter, um, you know, from the clutches of the of the con man, right? They're they've they've gone out into this weird tangent where they've decided we need to get this helmet, and therefore we're gonna go to this graveyard or we're going to talk to the dead, right? Like they've just gone so far out into left field at this point. I feel like that's my, that's what really struck me is like, oh, how many times have I role played an NPC who's just very conveniently shows up with a lot of skills and a lot of answers and is just very helpful. Like the, the uber helpful NPC. Here I am, guys. And they even make a point at the end. They're like, wow, maybe you should just take the helmet and go do everything yourself. And he's like, no, that's your job. And he walks off. <laughs> I gotta say that the the I, I'm just delighted that the 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 paladin character is is too literal. There's there's something that's not right about him, and the classic direction that would go in, and he's a jerk, right? Is that the paladin's yeah. an asshole and making demands that no one can keep up with, and it's exactly the opposite. He's such a nice guy. He's he's such a he's such a nice <laughs> guy, nice, yeah. and there's just yeah. something not right with him, right? Uh, and, right? And Michelle Rodriguez's paladin very quickly says, "Boy, you're no fun at all." Uh, I, and I, to me, I just I just adore. I really actually just adore a character like that who's yeah. who's got his heart on his sleeve and is not right, but you, but just really. A, so I, I'm I'm going to say one line, right? There's a line yeah. where he specifically makes Pine's character promise to give the treasure to the people of the city, right? And Pine takes the, the holy book and says, yeah, okay, whatever, I promise. And that that character says, it's one of the best lines in the movie, says, I know you don't believe your promise yet, but I do. And I'm I'm like, that is that that is killer <laughs> writing. That is killer writing, and that's gonna stick with me for a while. I mean, you know, and and he's got he's got a lot of great lines, right? Because I was just going to quote something from him as well that that absolutely delighted me, and I don't think I noticed this uh, until the second watching because it just goes by pretty quick. But just in terms of his literalism, right? There's some point where they're describing the the, the villain, and and I think uh, Michelle Rodriguez, the as the barbarian, says something like, "Oh, he's a real son of a bitch," and he says, "Oh, you blame his mother." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wait, what? What? <laughs> what? Uh, and it's just perfect delivery. Just very straight faced. Never cracks a smile. Oh, so good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. They totally. Okay. They totally take it. And honestly, the when he walks, when he when he finally walks out of the scene, couldn't believe what they did with that. I, literally, when they when they when that started happening, and it, it kind of uh, it kind of echoes the um, the the end of the old Incredible Hulk TV show, right? With the sad mm -hmm. walking away music. Right. And, and then and then they started to do something different. And I'm like, I cannot believe how 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 well done this moment is. It's so good. It's so good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I mean, yeah. 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 Uh, there I, is... I'll also I'll also call out the whole bit of the talking to the dead. Uh, I want to say that that was written so well. Right. Yeah. It just is yeah. straight off of a, of a of a gaming table. Right. Where they're. You know, immediately yeah. it's like, okay, I have this magic and we can talk, we can ask five questions. And immediately they're like, well, that seems pretty arbitrary. 
Right. And then, yeah. and then there's oh, just have God. to like, you know, screw it up. And oops, you didn't realize you, that was a question. And then, and then just, okay, next, well, let's get the next corpse, get the next corpse. Right. And they just, <laughs> just keep running through them. Delightful. The graveyard Delightful. scene, right. It has, it, I think it owes, yeah. it, it owes something to like evil dead too. Right. It mm -hmm. is, it's, it's sincerely, it's sincerely scary. And it's also riotously funny simultaneously. And it's, I, 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 I think that was like when I, so when I saw it with my partner, Isabel, uh, right, initially, went afterwards, she said, well, you know, I really just went to this to humor you and just do something to spend time together. And is, and, but I loved the movie, she said, I loved it. And I think that graveyard scene is where I heard Isabel just start to laugh uproariously, uncontrollably. <laughs> and that, that scene is such a great, and, and again, that really resembles a D&D. &D, it really resembles a D&D &D scene where the DM does everything they possibly can to communicate a nightmare realm of unutterable horrors. And the players come in, right, and are, you know, in kind of Fafford and the Grey Mouser style, come pretty much totally unaffected by it. And you're like, remind me, who brought the shovels? We're going <laughs> to... Well, <laughs> right, 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 and then and then eventually, I feel like the DM gets in on it, right? Because they dig up a corpse and, they, and he says, "Oh no, you're looking for my brother. I'm Sven. Right? I died before the battle even started, getting out of the tub. Right? And that's just like I feel like that's the DM being a jerk, just being like, all right, you got this is what you want. Okay, you want funny? I'll bring it. <laughs> <laughs> that it, that uh. is that is so funny. So I'm trying to find so they, they for that particular scene, they they actually hired. Uh, an Australian, the name's escaping me. They hired an Australian improv group, uh, specifically oh, really? to play the, um, the, 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 the undead that were being questioned. And I'm not coming up. I wish I could come up with a name right this second, but they did, they did such a great job. That was such a great casting ca uh, choice. So my understanding is that was largely improvised, I guess. Um, really? <laughs> and you know, among, you know, among the choices they get to make there, like, is, is along the way is interpretations of D&D spells. And that interpretation of Speak With Dead, it's not how I've ever run Speak With Dead in my games. It's not how I've ever seen it run. It's a great choice. It's a fabulous choice for the twist on what that spell does. It's compelling. It's scary. It's, it's kind of threatening. Um, that scene is so good. What... Um... I'm curious what um, I, I'd have to look up the spell. How is it off from the actual? Um... Well, it's, they don't say, right? I mean, they don't. They say you can ask questions of the dead. So, is it uh, telepathic answers coming into your head? Is it okay. a, a ghost that appears and talks to you? Is it is it a Hamlet style speaking to the skull? Um, mm -hmm. I think so, you know. I think some editions say you need to have the whole body. Some say you need to have like an intact skull or something like that. But you know, I, to my knowledge, you know, additions don't go into that little level of detail about the thing hmm. actually momentarily, temporarily being reanimated. You know, DMs get to go in different directions with that, to my understanding. Right. And, th and this right. this particular was a great choice. Yeah, yeah, that was that was very good. I know that, that there's been some criticisms from folks about the film in representation of D and D rules and cases where it got wrong. I don't think mm -hmm. I'm not expecting Dan that you and I are going to get too deep into that just because. I don't. I didn't care. I didn't care that this movie 
twisted a little bit of what the rules were. Because first of all, that's DMs do that, right? Like we we all house rule our crap. But also, like, uh, do I care? Like, I think the big one I heard is like, druids can't turn into an owl bear. Yeah, but eh, do I care? It's nice to see the owl bear in there. And what else were you going to have her turn into to be scary and vicious? I, don't know. You could, I, I saw guess that you could same turn criticism. Into a bear. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that same criticism. And I'll say, uh, shout out to Despairal in the chat, who's who uh, the the improv group I'm thinking of is Auntie Donna. Uh, is the group oh, is that them? Because I've seen their show. Their oh, show really? is amazing. Yeah, they have a I've show. I've never heard on, of them before. Uh, um, oh my gosh, they're so good. You you got to look that up. I can't even remember what streaming really? service it's. Maybe Hulu. I, th- I want to think Hulu has their has a show by them. It's great. It's like Auntie Donna. Something or other. I didn't realize yeah. it was them. That's, that's hilarious. Oh, that's crazy. I I no, I'd yeah. never heard of that. I'd never heard that name until I looked this up. The other Donna's day. Big Old House of Fun is on Netflix. Uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, worth a watch. Yeah. Great boy, they're they're super talented. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, go watch that show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome, awesome, amazing. Um, but yeah, I yeah. I agree that the you know the, the you should you know magic should be surprising. You know, ideally should be surprising and unexpected. And you know, DMs should be able to put their own twist on it. And these movie makers should have capacity to, to make their make a make their twist on it so i also saw this dispute about owl bears i mean i'm not that into fifth edition rules that never would have occurred to me i loved seeing the owl bear on the screen yeah i mean I, i'd say the one that made me maybe uh kind of raise my eyebrow a little bit uh was the axe beaks right so there's uh, axe beaks show up a couple times in the film and they appear to be domesticated yep. and i was like they domesticated axe beaks they don't go into it there's no explanation they're just there and I'm like, okay, was that just because they wanted to get another D&D monster on the screen? I don't know. It seemed a little odd. I hear I that. Was, I was, I actually I was surprised that. to see domesticated axe beaks. And there's some... Honestly, you know, when the first moment they showed up... Okay, so here's a criticism. All right, so here's yeah. a criticism that, 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 yeah. that is on this point. So criticism number one is, uh, for me, it's a little bit too... It's, a, it's too high fantasy, right? To, to me, the world is a little bit too high fantasy. As an old school D&D player, um, having uh, right off the bat, you have a council that's got a human and a dragonborn and I guess an Aarakocra or something else, right? In the, in the three or four person panel that's giving pardons in the, in the, the jail um, prison. And it was a little bit hard to parse and to, I, like to me if you want to you know i would think that for if you're going to introduce new uh, viewers to this property i would have thought that a, a a more gradual infusion of high fantasy stuff of like start off and like well this sort of looks like lord of the rings and you know most of the people look like people and uh, to me it was a little bit visual static to have Dragonborn and bird people and cat people and Aarakocra and giant clams and something else and something else um, was 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 you know to me I I would want the substrate of the normal village society you mm. know the, like the the normal heroic cycle is the substrate is like normal human people and then you go out and discover a fantastic world. And yeah, fifth, as we discuss on the show sometimes, the fifth edition idiom is a lot more cosmopolitan in terms of high fantasy races all the, all the time. And that was, that was mm, not my favorite thing. 
It's interesting, but I mean, I mean, I would say it felt natural to me because it is a D and D movie, not an AD and D movie, right? This is not a licensed old school, right? This this is about modern current D and D, which that jibes with me with how people play it. Not to say that's yeah, my personal taste and what I want to see at the table, but I think it, you know. It, it seems like a surprising choice. I mean, so as an old school play. player, I think it's a, like, it's, 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 it, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm frankly, I'm not, I, it, it, it's hard for, it's, it's too many part pieces to, to make me comfortably parse it. Um, it's a little bit of visual static for me. I feel it's surprising and potentially, I would think potentially off-putting for, for new viewers, mm -hmm. but you know, I could, you know, I could be wrong. I, I, and that's one of the places where if anything, um, they were injecting too much fifth edition stuff into the movie. Yeah. There, there's that. Um, there's the talk about having to attune magic items. And I'm like, I don't really need this. Um, and there, there, if, if anything, there's a little bit too much specific D and D mechanics sitting in there that I think could have weren't really necessary. Mm. Mm. I didn't mind the attunement. I thought that was a nice bit of business for, you know, showing off that this, that this character was, you know, uh, um, had a lot of uh, self-confidence issues. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. <sighs> okay, well here, okay, well we, okay, I'm just getting all yeah. my criticisms out right now. Yeah. Here's the okay. criticism, so here's Dan's criticism part of the yeah. show. So my, and, 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 and people are gonna disagree with this. My, my biggest problem actually was the sorcerer character, uh, mm. and, and, and Paul reminded me of the name here, uh, Simon, uh, played by Justice Smith. What, to me, that character was so cringy and was so painful Honestly, it, it kind of irked me all the time Simon was on screen. And um, I, was, I, I was unhappy about what a drag it was on the rest of the, of the action. And I am, frankly, it, to me, that seems like very old school, stereotypical nerd humor of mm. here's the nerd, he's incompetent, he says he's a sorcerer, he's basically can't do anything, he's incompetent, he's a bore. Uh, nobody likes him. Uh, I, I didn't like the tone of the character. Um, didn't have any chemistry with the person he claimed to be courting. I didn't believe any of that. And I've seen it before. And uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna mention this again. If if one perhaps recalls the the wizard character in the D and D cartoon for some reason, Presto, right? It's the same note. It's the same damn note of a wizard who's basically incompetent due to confidence problems, I guess. And I'm personally sick of it. Um, I, I think there's so many more interesting ways. And that's the one thing that, that rather grandly is out of sync. That's the one thing that's grandly out of sync with D&D &D rules. That's not how magic works at all. Wizards and sorcerers are, are don't have to make checks for their confidence from day to day, and you don't suddenly get confidence and get increased ten he, levels or he, something like that. He, that he did mention he did mention right. So he is a sorcerer. He did mention that like some of the magic that he pulled off was wild magic, right? Like clearly there's there's yeah. I, okay, I know you don't like yeah, those well, wild mechanics, magic but doesn't I think work it's, because of confidence. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's a reasonable interpretation of it. That uh, that sorcerers are not stu study mages, right? That sorcerers. The whole point of sorcerers is that their magic comes from some internal source. Uh, if you remember, Dan, in our third edition game, I played a, a very dumb sorcerer at one point, which I 
really amused me to have this, you know, character who just, I don't know, just had this innate ability and didn't really understand it. Your magic never failed, right? That's that's the sorcerer's magic well, what, never fails due to that. I, if if you're uh, uh, no, but my my sorcerer wasn't into wild magic. Now, if you play that wild magic aspect of a sorcerer, yes, it can fail or produce other effects that you're not expecting. So let me. So let me. Let me I, make so a point about I will this. say Simon did not bother me. I, I grant you Simon that he's using me. a lot a lot of stuff in the in the movie that maybe is stuff you don't want to see at the table or whatnot. I will say I will agree with you on one point though. Didn't need the romance plot with him and the druid. Didn't need it. I don't think it yeah, added anything. Didn't uh, add it really didn't, didn't believe it. Like, yeah, didn't didn't buy them getting back together at the end. That just felt that felt a little Not cringy to me. I was like, right. why are they bothering? Thank you. I'll also say I personally had more problems with the druid character uh, in that she's a tiefling because people love tieflings, I guess. See, right, uh, right. There's right. this weird, like, slingshot thing on her arm because I don't know why. What What is with that weapon she had? Like, it just, like, they were like, let's give her another gimmick. Let's give her another gimmick. I'm like, I don't need that. Didn't, I didn't, yep, I, 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 you're, you're right. I didn't think about that. That Right. I, the, the, enjoyed, so my... the, I enjoyed the sequences with her where she does a lot of wild shaping. Granted, yeah, I'm sure it doesn't really fly with the rules that you can't really wild shape that much or into a lot of the things that she turns into, but I enjoyed it. Right, I thought it was good enough. It was good movie making, and so I I had fun with that. And I thought, if that I can, I'd like to come back to that. Okay, yeah. so I'd like to come back to that, and I'd like to I'd like to make my my point about about the mm -hmm. magic with a sorcerer character because I have a slightly broader mm -hmm. point there, and that is okay. this. Right, the 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 maker of the movie right has gone on record as being really happy with the choice about the sorcerer. So this is Goldstein um, who commented. That they they use the sorcerer character, and at some point he he lampshades this. He he says out loud, um, is, uh, they use the sorcerer character to communicate that magic can't solve all your problems, right? And uh, Goldstein in an interview said, uh, it makes storytelling nearly impossible if you can solve any problem with a magical spell. So their solution was to make the sorcerer basically incompetent and unable to work his magic properly. Now, Dan's observation is, this is not a new thing. This is not a mystery. The, the, the game D&D had this same issue at the outset in 1974, right? And Gary Gygax said the same thing, that if wizards could do anything, that it would break the game. So the game has a solution to this. And the solution is originally Vancean magic. You have only a certain number of tricks you can do. You mm -hmm. only have a certain number of tricks you can pull off in a particular day. That's the that's the D and D essential solution to this to this exact problem, and I personally would prefer to see a movie dig into that, dig into explicitly say, here's the basket of tricks that I can do, and I, right at the moment I don't see any of them that would help us, and I think that I would I would really love to see like a wizard character who's not just like an incompetent you know nerd, but like. An overconfident IT guy. I think that, that that's what a wizard, right? Wizards should be, like right? in classic pop literature, they're untrustworthy, right? They're overconfident, if anything. And I'd like to see like, like your, you know, your company IT guy basically go, you don't know what you're talking about. Everything's fine. I'll just do this. Everything's great. And then, and then it blows up. Right, and then everybody has to run away because because they're actually overconfident with the <laughs> basket of tool, the limited basket of tools that they have available, and everything looks like a nail because all I have is this hammer spell, um, and I, th that I think would be fresh and 
more in line with Pulp Wizards and more digging into the actual D&D magic spells. And you don't have to you don't have to make a new solution to this because the game essentially has a solution built in. All right, end of rant. I hated, I really didn't like the source of character. I've seen it before. I'm sick of it. It was cringy. And I, I think there's so many more interesting things you could do than that. Well, uh, I agree he was not the best character in the movie, but I don't. I did not have nearly as bad a reaction to him as you did, Dan. I thought he was fine. Um, I, I agree that the overconfident IT wizard is an interesting character choice, and I would like to see that as well. That also sounds pretty pretty funny to me. Uh, but I did not, like, I don't know. It seemed to me like he was presenting wild magic and sorcerer's magic pretty much as I expect from third edition rules and probably fifth edition if I bothered to read them. <laughs> gotta respect that isabel liked the character a yeah. lot and so you know yeah we got yeah. over that I, I, didn't, I didn't think he was that bad <laughs> I, I i i would struggle i think too as a movie maker to figure out how to explain vancey and magic to the audience in a way that isn't just somebody narrating um i'm sure it's possible i'm sure it's solvable a solvable problem but i think it is at least somewhat difficult um like, I, I liked the introduction of the sorcerer character because you basically have him doing really ridiculous cantrips that are stupid and then accidentally wild surging into a crazy reverse gravity spell that even he doesn't expect. And then, oh, God, right? And I thought that was a very nice introduction of him into the, and, and how, he, how he works. And I think it is important. Like, I think we can both agree that you definitely don't want a, a Gandalf here, right? You don't want a character who's just, like, got unlimited magic and and a lot of confidence right because like eh, this is a game of or not a game this is a movie about some ne'er-do-wells and you want them to be limited you want them to not not be not be able to just fix every problem instantaneously 100 percent, and that's built into the essence of the game so i um you know um just just uh, disputing the, the the way they did the, the way that they accomplished that uh, somebody, I love just is... to touch back. I love the druid yeah. character. I love the druid character so much. The uh, the the transforming chase, delightful. Another high point yep. for me. Loved yep. it to death. And you know, it's funny because I'm watching it. It's great. It, it has callbacks in it. It's very compelling. I thought. Um, and it, you know, uh, we, uh, you know, in our D and D games, we wrestle a lot with the polymorph spells. And just in the last month or two, we've had a, a polite. Um, uh, discussion about what the effect of polymorph self should be. And I held out that, you know, just being able to repeatedly transform mask yourself in a chase scene is a compelling use of for, for the classic polymorph spell, self spell. And I was like, this, this is happening right now in front of me. It's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So to me, it was sort of validation actually about how I want to see a polymorph self spell used actually. Yep, I agree. I agree. I have no no problems with with the with the wild shaping, and that's that that to me should have been the emphasis of that character. I think I didn't need her to be a uh, an edgy tiefling. Didn't need that. Yeah, right. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I think she could have had a I little love that more. Character, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did. She was a I little did. a little too edgy, I thought, or trying to be really? edgy. Really, trying a little I, hard. I felt. Yeah. Well, I'll respect yeah. that. You know what? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I've got and, I've got the sorcerer on my on my bad list, so I'll yeah. I'll, I'll respect yeah. that that didn't work perfectly for you. I still don't understand the weird weapon she had. Why did they feel the need to introduce that well, bizarre arm-mounted slingshot thing? That just seemed gratuitous. I don't. 
that was I you know what I didn't think very much about it I can't disagree honestly it's it wasn't there very long so it didn't it, did, it didn't well, it bother has, me it, enough yeah 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 anyway um someone so much someone in the, involved in the production of this movie played way too much portal right like not only do you have the staff that is clearly the portal gun but then then yeah. you put them in a maze of moving blocks and i'm like okay you just played too much portal <laughs> relax this is not the i portal like movie, that guys. i mean i don't even know if that's i don't even know if that's a um uh an actual fifth edition magic item or not what the the, the the hither and thither wand is what they called it yeah yeah but i i, 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 don't I was happy to oh great portal great that's i'm good with that that's fine yeah. Now they used it well, and I liked that that became, they're like, oh, we failed at this entire original plan, so I don't know, let's abuse this magic item that the uh, that the DM foolishly gave us, right? And it just shows up, right? It's just like, oh, you still have that old walking stick, I'll just take it, right? And you're like, oh, that's not well, that, a walking right. stick. And that's <laughs> the thing, right? The, the walking stick is in the movie for about half the movie, and then it, they finally, then the, the sorcerer finally notices that it's a magic item. Um, yep. And I like that a lot. I like that quite a bit. Yep. I, yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't. So, I don't mind the use of it, but I just was like that, and then and then to follow that up with the maze that's built out of these moving blocks, and I'm like, okay, I really feel like I'm playing Portal. <laughs> What's happening here? I liked it. I liked the monsters in the maze. I thought they were used cleverly. I think. I think what they were again, interesting interpretation of how the Displacer Beast works. Right? Loved it. Right? Loved it. Right? <laughs> loved it. Right? That's one of those things I never thought about that before. I think that's great. Uh, you know, the interpretation of how uh, an illusion works, right? And, and breaks down. Like at some point, I think there's a phantasmal force that breaks down. I love those twists. And yeah, the, the how the Displacer Beast worked, how the gelatinous cube worked, how the mimic worked. Um, I, I love those. Sure, I thought they were fleshed. I'm sure there's some people who are angry that the gelatinous cube wasn't a little more intelligent, a little more, right? It was just a trap, mm -hmm. right? And then and then yep. abused by them uh, in, in, a, in a fine way, I thought. Yeah. I was watching it and thinking, I can see criticisms of this, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't mind it. Yeah. Didn't mind it. Yeah, agreed. There's a fight with an old obese dragon, which I loved. <laughs> I thought that I was I thought that was just dragon. great all the way through. I love I love the twist. I love the interpretation of what Dragon Breath was like. I've actually, no. you know, I've seen it in other other movies before, but I love that they they thought about how Dragon Breath actually works and maybe doesn't work and the obese dragon that doesn't quite manage to fly properly. I thought all <laughs> that was fresh and interesting. I love that. That was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Yeah. 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 Love that. Um Bradley Cooper shows up, right? There's this scene. So that so the, the thing about the, the barbarian saying that she's going to go see her ex and Ed say, oh, you really shouldn't set yourself up for that. That's just going to be a bad scene. And I'm assuming it's going to be like an evil wizard and they're going to have a fight and da da, da 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 And then they totally twist it in the other direction. And her ex is Bradley Cooper playing a halfling. And he's such a nice guy. And he they, they couldn't make it work. But he honestly cares for her, and and he has Bradley Cooper has a monologue that almost like like really hit me. It just really <laughs> hit me. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening in a stupid ass D and D movie. That I'm I'm, I'm I'm starting to be like, I think I got something in my eye here because it was it was so well done and so heartfelt that I just couldn't freaking believe it. And you know they, you know, you have this, you have this situation between um, uh, Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez's character, where they've, they've, they've raised, uh, they've raised a child together, 
They, they clearly say, we're like brother and sister, but they have to find a reason why this is clearly not going to be a romantic interest, right? You have mm -hmm. to find a reason why Chris is still committed to his, to his, to his dead wife and why this is not a, um, this is never, there's no chance of being a romantic interest. Just get that off the table. And it's so compelling that uh, the, the barbarian has a type. The barbarian has a specific type and it's not Chris Pine, right? And that you get you get this really heartfelt scene to establish that. And there's a callback at the end of the movie that no, she really honestly really has a type, yeah, right? Gonna... And I'm like, that works so well. That convinces me, right? That yeah, convinces yeah. me that this is not a romantic thing happening. There's a specific clear reason for it. I get it. I think some people are gonna be just very, very happy that we can respect that you know difference of taste which that, that would happen, that actually happens in the real world. And uh, Cooper did such a great job making that convincing. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, it was well done. I enjoyed that, what a enjoyed that moment. <laughs> Dan, we are all, we're about out of time. Look at that, look at that. Uh, any, any last thoughts on the D Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves? I have I have my two criticisms out of you know twenty things that were wonderful and spectacular about the movie, and I would go watch it again. I think like a you know ninety percent A minus rating is exactly what I personally came out of the theater with, and um, I'll I'll watch it again. I think there's there's yeah. so many good choices in there and such great acting and just really honest joy, actual good humor, actual great wit, actual great movie making. That um, I re that was not on my bingo card for 2023. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, I would I, I would say it was a it was a very solid movie, um, and I think it did well at both having enough D and D callbacks to um, uh, you know for the fans to enjoy, but also still being approachable to not D and D fans. Uh, I will say that I, I've watched it now a couple times with people who are not nearly into his D and D as much as I am, or mm -hmm. in some cases not at all. And they still came away going like, "What a fun, what a fun movie that was!" Like it's it's solid, and I, I think you're right that kind of like A minus is where it lands, right? It is not a, a phenomenal movie. I'm not going to watch it a dozen more times, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, it was good. It was really good, and I was very very pleased. Which is what I would want out of a D and D movie. Frankly, it's what I always expected, and uh, and this was maybe maybe it helps that the bar was so low. <laughs> based on their I, earlier attempts. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? They didn't need that. You know what? The movie is good enough that they did not need a low bar. You could have just skipped the prior three movies. Feel free, viewers, feel free to skip the prior three movies. You don't need, you know, you don't need that aftertaste going to this. this it's, it's honestly, you know, even for an old school player, I'm like, it's, you, you can't, you, it's really hard to dislike this because there's just so much joy and heart going on in it. Well, viewers, if you have opinions about the D&D uh, &D movie um, or uh, thoughts, uh, things, things we missed, uh, call-outs that you want to make or, or parts of it that you're curious what our take is and we didn't get to touch on it, leave us a comment here in the comment section of the YouTube video. Let us know what you think and uh, maybe we'll uh, discuss that in the future. Or just come to the uh, after chat and uh, that's going to happen pretty soon. Come uh, join, the, join the patrons, come to the after chat and we'll talk about it some more. I have more that I didn't get to that I am gonna I am gonna say to people in the after chat actually so I'm I'm personally glad we have we have another hour here to go because I have I have more thoughts frankly so yeah join us there and of course uh, if you're new to the channel remember that you can like follow and subscribe to us we're on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter 
and Facebook and GitHub and TikTok. And we do have the handle Wandering DMs on all those sites. So please look for us there. If you prefer to listen to our show in audio-only podcast format, you can do so by visiting our website, wanderingdms.com. Uh, click on podcasts. They're all right there. Or uh, use whatever your favorite podcasting software is, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, whatever you like. You can find us pretty easily. Uh, if you are using or listening to the show right now on one of those uh, other sites, please take a moment to rate and review us on that site if possible. It helps other users of that site find us, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, we really do. And again, thank, big thanks to our patrons who support the show here. If you'd like to join them, please visit patreon.com slash wandering DMs. And just like Paul said, even our $1 tier gets you access to our Discord server where the conversation about all of our shows and D&D rules and how we play D&D and stuff like that is just ongoing all the time. We'll be there in about 10 minutes to continue the conversation today. Um, and uh, don't forget, I'll be back on Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, my, my normal opponent for our Book Award D&D Wargaming uh, Gamma Dan uh, Cullinan is is out wandering uh, this week. So the, this Thursday, I'm going to have a surprise special guest who's never been on the Book of War show before. Uh, they've war game, but they've never played Book of War before. So I'm personally really interested in how they're going to react for the very first time to a Book of War. So please join us Thursday at 8:30 p.m. for that. Um, I think that's I think that's basically what's happening this week. Uh, Paul, is that right? Uh, yep. Yep. Sounds right to me. Great. 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 So uh, again, join us again next uh, Sunday. We are live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So please join us again next week for another thought-provoking discussion. We'll see you then.